Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Get Better at Business. I am Travis Richards. We're going to spend the next 20 or 30 minutes learning some very helpful lessons, some powerful lessons from just freaking brilliant people that are going to help us improve our companies, our teams, our careers. I'm delighted once again to be talking to my friend Scott Levy. We have another episode with Scott where we talked a little bit about business systems, basically an operating system, the way that, you know, you're graphical interface, you know, like, you know, Windows or Mac or whatever is your way of interfacing with the code, just kind of a, a, a structure that will allow you to interact with your business. We'll link that episode in the show notes. But today we're going to talk about one of the most critical pillars of making any system work, business or otherwise. And we're here to talk about processes. And so in case you, this is your first time meeting Scott, Scott is the CEO of Result Maps which is a software company that helps you interact with these various systems and manage the way that you're running your business. But in addition to that, Scott just does all kinds of cool stuff. You know, he, you know, plays the drums, does Taekwondo, karate, Taekwondo, which both are, both are one, which, which one? I know that there's like different, taekwondo? different martial arts. Taekwondo. Oh yeah. Taekwondo is what I do. Okay. And so what belt are you? I'm second black. So, I mean, it's just like, and then uh, we, we are not going to put him on the spot, but prior to starting recording, I also found out that he's a beatboxer. Just like every time that I talk. Oh, no, no, I'm actually not a beatboxer. She just said music. And I was like, well, I could, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. So this is it. That is the first time that I've ever had one of these conversations with Scott where some other like random thing doesn't pop up where he's just like, oh yeah, by the way, I also do that. <laughs> so the, um, so. But whenever he's not doing all of this cool stuff, he is helping CEOs. Uh, you, you describe it just kind of like in a nutshell what it is that you're. That yeah, you know, well, you know our software helps. It helps you get visibility into how everyone's executing on your strategy every day at every level of the organization, and we do that with uh, what we call a strategy execution platform. Um, and you know, typically people are just thinking about siloed solutions because we've all grown up with siloed organizations. So you have project siloed management. solutions being like, yeah, like project manager software, CRM. Project management is a siloed thing. Uh, but CRM is for sales and um, goal tracking gets made into an HR function. These are all, I mean, to, to us and the way, that, the way that we think and the way that I think, you wouldn't separate your basketball team into the dribbling department and the shooting department. You know, yes, you have people who might be the primary at different skills, but we don't silo the team. And uh, it, it's all about the outcome we're, we're working to get and how we organize to get there. And you need visibility to do that. And you need the right information at the right time for everybody that they can communicate about it. Yeah. And so you're talking, whenever you and I were talking earlier and, uh, you know, I was, I was taking a look at the software itself. And so, uh, you were describing to me the, what was it? The strategy execution gap. Yes. So like people may hear that and like, and you even said, it's just like, Hey, this sounds kind of like B school buzzwordy whenever we say that, but it's like, I think that once I got, get, once I gained a little bit of an understanding of what that really was, it just resonated so deeply. It was just like, oh, dude, I've been there. I know that now I, yes, I do know the strategy execution gap. This is where we live. Yeah. Cause it keeps you up at night. Yeah. So tell people about like kind of some of the, you know, 
the symptoms of living in this gap and like what it feels like, what they're experiencing whenever they're in this, you know, wandering in this wilderness. Yeah. Well, well, I'll start with just how we break down. What is strategy? Because strategy has been so complicated. And and as, um, you know, one of the great authors and advisors I got to interview, Rebecca Humkes said, it's been buzzworded. Everybody's like, it has to be so complicated. It's not that complicated. Like you have a vision and a direct or a direction, which they're kind of the same thing. Your strategy is the road you're going to take. You you have a strategy every time you enter your destination into your phone's navigation system so you can drive. And you can choose different routes. And the strategy is just the route we're going to try to take. Um, and the strategy execution gap says, well, we said we were going to take that route. But, you know, somehow, even though we were going to drive to Galveston, we ended up in uh, Fort Worth or we ended up in California. Yeah, well, I was going to say that it's like, you know, as you're describing this, I'm just kind of thinking to myself like, OK, well, sure, I see that. It's like, you know, me entering into my GPS like, hey, am I going to take, you know, Interstate 30 to go home or Interstate 20 to go home? That's my strategy for today, depending on what traffic is. Now, I'm just kind of like, well, dude, I never fail. Like, I rarely just muck up my strategy for how I'm going to get back to my house. But I was like. Well, if I had a team of, you know, 12 different drivers and we were all in a freaking convoy or whatever, like now all of a sudden getting from point A to point B and the trip is not from, you know, Terrell, Texas to my home back in Dallas, which is like 20 or 30 minutes, but it's like we're traveling all the way across the country. It's like that has a lot more potential to get mucked up. And it's like, that's probably much more analogous to a company where it's like, it's not just you in the car, buddy. It's yeah. Yeah. A very I mean, complex exactly organism. Like, like we all know, you know, we all know, um, you know, Toronto's north of here. And I haven't actually driven to Toronto, but. Yeah. If you're listening in Canada, maybe if you're listening in Canada, maybe Toronto is south of you. But, the, you know, from Dallas, it's definitely. From Dallas, north, yes. Yes. It's definitely north of the wall. So the strategy execution gap can be seen in numbers. If you took a hundred businesses that are starting up, only four of those businesses will make it to their first million. Out of those businesses, only four out of a thousand are going to make it to 10 million annual revenue. Out of those businesses, only one out of a thousand are going to make it to 50 million in annual revenue. That's, that's heavy, especially if you come from a world like we do where you know, our parents had businesses and lived through the struggle. What happens in between? Well, the big thing that happens is even though you have great ideas and great vision, and you might even have great strategy, the execution of that strategy starts to, uh, the, the connection between your strategy and your, your execution, it just doesn't connect and you get these gaps. And there've been some great writings and, and um, but it's a, uh, it's a problem. Yeah, definitely a problem. And so one of the, so let's kind of fast forward to the point where you have a where you have a good strategy and bringing it to life like basically it's one thing for me to say that it's a if i say there's like hey our strategy as a company is that we provide personal service to people we provide personal service to our customers and that's something that is really important for us to win in the marketplace if that's all that i tell people and that is the only tool that i provide to my team that's a lot of pressure because now they've got to figure out, well, what does that even mean? And so the, talk about the link between 
like strategy and process and how process kind of like brings strategy home and like makes it real and recurring um and how like processes i think they kind of get a bad rap everybody thinks of processes and they're going to turn into robots but i think of it sort of the opposite way where it's like you can set up a process to make sure that your customers are experiencing what you want them to from a strategic perspective well when you when you divorce a process from results process can absolutely start to completely waste your time right and i think that's a lot we've all experienced that at different points in time and because we've been educated most of us in organizations that were put into silos and everything becomes so process driven that helps drive the strategy execution gap there's not that connection yeah. between them with the so example, you've worked okay so uh, let me just let me pause you so You've worked with some really big companies. I'm not gonna, you know, don't name names, obviously, but it's like no, I can certain... name names. I mean, it's oh. not, it's not. It's been a while now, but I mean, I've done work. So I, I mean, well, I'm about to uh, ask you to dump on somebody, and so maybe you don't want to mention names just yet. Okay. Whenever you're talking about that case of where process is totally divorced from results, in your experience, whenever you're working as a consultant, what was kind of one of the worst things that you saw of like? running this process and whenever you really critically look at it it's like no one understands why we don't know what we're doing easy and it doesn't really dump on anybody it just you know and so it took a while for me to 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 have the perspective to realize what was happening and i owe a lot of that perspective to um this fantastic book team of teams by general stanley mccrystal and several other co-authors and they they shone a light on a lot of this stuff in a way that I had knew some of these things and I could talk to them, but they nailed it. And the idea is when you organize, and Chris Fussell, I think is how he pronounces his last name. He was the aide de camp. Um, and I, I think he was a colonel. You can check me on that. But he talks about how silos emerge because it's forms of tribes, right? It's how humans, we, we tribalize. And as soon as you have a group of people, we're going to start to speak our own language. and. The worst case I'd say I ever saw was um, in one of my very first positions. Once I was noted as someone who could get things done, I had a couple of opportunities. And some of the VPs weren't nice about each other. Because <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, do I go into ops? Do I go into IT? Do I stay in sales and customer service? Um, you know, it was like, I, I thought I always wanted to be a developer, but I was learning so much in ops. Um, and I had these choices and I, I got to see the turf war in action. And it wasn't, it just didn't feel like they were, it felt like it was more about each person's agenda than it was about, you know, the customer. And like growing up in a small business, like the customer was everything, man. Like the customer was everything when I was growing up. And I was like, okay, this is weird. The second one though, kind of in competition was not anything nefarious, just how these silos emerge with their own language and their own kind of competitive nature. I was doing work for a really large company that had all the resources to have the very best of the very best. But there was this word form, F-O-R-M, like a form you fill out. Well, the different, the different groups in IT had different meanings for the word form because 
the technology platforms each of them used actually had different meanings for the word form. And then ops had a different word. You know, ops thinks of it like most of us do, like, oh, it's a form I fill out. But a form is an act was an actual thing over here. And at the time on the web, it was an actual thing. So you had like four different, um, four different interpretations of what form meant. So you had to actually, we had to disambiguate. We had to create a document that said forms. Here's what we mean and here's what it means to you. But but the the reason I bring that one up is because it wasn't even like people were trying to be silos. It's just the work that they did drew them into a certain way of thinking. And it's just, I think that it's the nature. I mean, even within businesses that are not very big, it's like some people are going to be more customer facing and they're going to have their you know priorities and some people are going to have be more internal operations. And then the finance people and the HR people, everybody's like, no, everybody's, you know, working toward the same end, but it just is very natural that the nature of your work is going to change, you know, like you said, just change your language a little bit. And what you mean might mean something different to other people. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so I'm a, you know, software developer and worked with a lot of software developers and we can be very ornery, uh, righteous people with what (laughs) we believe. And so, I mean, now, now you got me like, okay, what are the top three, which I know isn't what you asked, but I can remember, uh, somebody who worked for me, like an argument about where certain code lived at what layer was it? Is this in the application or in the data? And the right answer is wherever it's fastest. That's the right answer. That's the only answer. We just wanted, we needed the speed or maybe, you know, you could bake something in, but they got so lost in somebody else's definition of what process should be. Again, we're not thinking about the person we're serving. Yeah. So what I'm wondering now is that it's like, what is the difference? You you mentioned that it's just like this process is not driven by the person that you're serving. And so is that a good definition of a good process versus a bad process? Like you mentioned, like, so you mentioned that you mentioned, you know, being divorced from results. Like what is, I think those are important. Right. And that, that does kind of tie. So your question was, Hey, we're going to have great customer service. That's part of our strategy. And I would say, I think that can be part of your strategy, but is also very definitely a core value. This is how we want to behave. Sure. And anytime we exhibit a behavior that we can say, this was great customer service, we made a decision because of that, it's a value. So where process is valuable, and that, that's not the only place. I mean, sometimes you just need process to protect you. You know, you, you, when you go to get surgery now, most great hospitals will have checklists everywhere. You're going to be asked, is it the left knee? Every single time. That's part of their process because it protects you, even though it seems absurd that every single person asks you every single time, is it your left knee? Guess what that does? They never operate on the wrong knee. And there are places that did before those processes were in place. It, it takes now because they ask that, all they have to worry about is, are you the patient comfortable? You know, uh, because they've done whatever other checks they need when they check you in, again, it can be about the patient. So process, it, it allows you to not think about things that you don't want to think about. I don't want to think every time about, I, I don't want to exhaust all that mental energy just on, oh my God, is it the right leg? Did I forget? Just keep asking. Um, that's, that's the cleanest example I can think of. And yeah, and it's kind of like you said, it's just it's kind of like pre-making decisions that you know are like you kind of like you don't know, even hey, look, make the, them. 
Don't yeah. even like, well, I mean, like don't even worry about them. Like that's made. This is how we do it. Onto the onto the important thing. And it's just and that's kind of uh, oh what's that? There's a quote that's like you know systemize the routine so you can humanize the exceptional. You know where I like it's like that. yeah I can't I mean I'll have to look up I can't remember who it was that um, who who said that we'll attribute it properly in the notes but it's I, I think that that's the kind of thing where it's like if if every single day that you came in, you had to make a decision about every single thing. Like, you know, if I feel like processes free up your, the mental energy of you and your team to where, like you said, if you're a doctor and you've got really great processes to make sure that you're not going to operate on the wrong knee. Now all you have to worry about is the patient comfortable. I mean, or, or whatever it is that you need that. And we only have so much, um, so much storage capacity for energy in the part of our brain that makes those decisions. And it's like, we have to sleep to replenish it. I mean, it just, it goes down. It's not like you can really game it. You can, you think we all think we do, but you know, there's, you know, there's best Travis and then there's Travis after he's burned through that. Right. And so you want to save as much of that energy as you can. And, you know, you, you mentioned in a very, in a very flattering introduction, all my interests, but the things, if you look at the things I'm interested in, they're all processes. Music, learning to play music, that was one of my first ahas um, that you could learn this. Like um, football was another one, like sports, but sports, it's so fun. You just love practicing. You don't realize that you're learning how to develop a skill and how to coordinate. You're learning all these organizational and execution skills and music's the same way. And that was, to me, that was a big aha. Like when I, um, when I was studying music for a little bit in college, the idea that, you know, even somebody like Mozart had a system like, wow, he, you mean he didn't just make all this up? No, he was using frameworks and structures, just like we talked about EOS as a framework or an operating system. Well, Sonata is a music form. Or, you know, to be more contemporary, blues is a music form. It, there's a set, there's a convention, and you may vary it a little bit, but you're going to use that structure to convey whatever you need to do so you don't have to make every other decision, you know? Yeah. And so if I, I think that everybody, I think not, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think that a lot of folks that I have talked to in business really recognize that the benefit of process and, you know, what this can do for their company. But if you're, you know, leading a team or you're just like, you know, your own individual person and like kind of you, you recognize these areas where we are burning five times more calories on this activity than we need to, where it's like, you know, I fulfill an order and it's like, dude, every single time that we have to send out an invoice, it takes us you know, we have to have a meeting and people get confused and we've got to spend all this time. So like you recognize that you need process, but it's like, I think that people get stuck on like, well, okay, well, what next? How do I create a process that is going to alleviate that pain? Yeah, I think, I think there a lot of times, um, because there's so many processes marketed in the industry for selling the one true way is very lucrative. Um, a lot of times people will just reach for certain things as though they're a silver bullet. Um, and, you know, so the thing that comes to mind, and there's a lot of great things in the agile community, 
but like somebody just decided they were going to capitalize agile and certify it. It's not, um, it's having an over, like that's a thing that I see people grab an off the shelf process and say, well, we're now agile because the process is called agile. So we're able to move quickly. I have seen some slow arse teams that are certifiably agile, but, but it's because it's like they're taking a framework that was made to help a massive organization run faster. And now you're putting it on a 30 person company or a 50 person company. You're going to go at the speed of that massive organization. Like, why would you want to take the radar array from an aircraft carrier and put it on your skiff? Yeah. So like how, so I I can see why that's attractive because people are thinking like, well, Hey, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. You know, I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I want, you know, obviously the people that came up with agile, which is a, you know, project management philosophy or whatever is that, you know, they're really smart. They're smarter than me. I can just adopt that. But how do you create something that is right for you? And so like, and what would you advise someone that is like, dude, just really struggling with maybe something super simple that is like, dude, we don't have a good way of creating a, you know, coming up with what things cost, or we don't have a really good way of, you know, sending out an order confirmation. Like even the simple stuff can seem really daunting because, you know, uh, it's, it's just kind of this, I don't know, like little things kind of have a tendency to be able to turn into really big problems. And so how would you recommend that somebody's like, just tackle that and say, Hey dude, don't, don't, don't come up with a, a new way of doing it every single time. Let's develop a process. What does that, what is the process for making a process? Yeah. So, so I want to, I want to make sure I'm clear too there. There's something called the agile manifesto, which lays out some principles that got turned into a bunch of, um, they got turned instant into some offerings for specific types of customers for specific situations, you know, and what I'm, what I'm, um, saying isn't good is trying to take something for a 20,000 person company and put it on a hundred person company. Um, and the, and the temptation is, well, if we just do this now, we'll be that big. And that it doesn't quite work that way. That's like saying, well, I want to be in a junior basketball league so I can slam like LeBron, like LeBron. I'm going to start trying to slam dunk the basketball. That might not be your game. You know, you might not be six, eight or even, you know, at a dunking height. So what you do does go back to some of those principles. Um, it's people over process is an agile principle. I like, um, but how do you help people work together better in a way that, in a way that there's, there's as little drama as possible. So like step one for me is always a checklist. Um, is there a checklist we can set up that would take whatever this problem is? And let me take a step back. First, you have to identify the root cause of the issue, right? We've talked about EOS has identify, was it identify, discuss, solve. Um, but what they have in that and several other methodologies have this where you, you just dig back to what's the core. And usually the core can be addressed step one with a checklist. Just give, give me an example of like what you know, so, uh, something simple, relatable where you where that was the like kind of in your experience, you've been working with a company and you walked them through that of just like, hey, 
we did it ourselves. I can talk about this one too, because it isn't like, it's not like, it's not one of those things that one day you wake up and you're like, I'm a process genius. It's something you work on and practice. But we had a, a, an issue where, you know, we write for a lot of different channels and the, the level of detail or the angle that goes to each channel is different. What we do in a how-to to answer a question is going to be different from what we post on LinkedIn to educate people on the problem. Um, so, and then it also needs to be for us written for a specific person. So we actually set up a process because we were like missing sometimes. And I was the worst. I was like, we have to make sure this messaging is straight. And everybody's like, but you're making it sound salesy because salesy is when it just sounds like your messaging and it's not the problem. So we ended up creating a checklist and that checklist um, had several things like, okay, who are we writing for? Like, what's the name of the individual customer, real customer? Where'd the question come from? With a link to it. So that's the second item in the checklist. Um, what's the goal with what we're writing? Like, what do we hope they get from this? And then there were several other things. I won't walk through all of them, but so what happened was instead of it just being, okay, I'm going to assign to our customer happiness officer to write this article. Now it goes into a process. So we have a pipeline laid out and step one is, have we agreed, you know, what the, um, I can't remember what we called it, but it's basically what the vision is for this article. Um, who's it for? And those things have all been checked. Once it does, it goes to the next column. Okay, ready for the next checklist. And so we spend this time on design early on. And then we get the first draft. And what happened was we went from people working their butts off. Even though this sounds like a lot of work and yeah, we could just write it. We weren't, we weren't always connecting the dots because we go very fast. And so this made all the dots connect. Now it's always tied to a specific question somebody's really asking in the real world versus a hypothetical question for how we think somebody might want to use it. And that person that asks the question isn't getting their answer. And so moving it through that process seems like it takes longer. It actually is faster because we're just churning them out now. It's like, okay, great. This one's ready. And I can see like seven are waiting on me to approve them. Awesome. It's on me. Now I can fix that. Totally. And I think that like you, you hit on something that I have, you know, experienced is that I think that people are often very resistant to creating a process because they, they think that it's like, Hey, it'll just be easier if I just knock it out. You know? So it, like you assign this article to somebody on your team. It's, I think it's very attractive for people to say like, well, dude, it'll just be easier and faster if I just knock it out rather than come up with a process for, Hey, what is our process for writing these articles? But well, we did it because there was a problem though. I mean, I think that's the key. Like we didn't just do it to do it. Um, and there is, you know, you can overthink and I'm big on one of our core values is bias toward action. We want to take an action and get it out. I would rather it be out and suck than not get it out. But we were finding what I was experiencing was, I don't feel like we're aligned with what we're trying to convey. And, and I recognize some of, a lot of that was on me. Like I would jump into these articles and like have, a, have an aha. And so I'm writing something that really didn't belong in a how-to, which was totally fine, but I needed a way to check myself. And then the other people working needed a way to make sure that we were on the same page before they started. 
And what you usually find is as you do that, you need less and less, you need to think less and less about the rigor. It just becomes a habit. You're just checking it. And it becomes a mental process a lot of times. And you're just like, yeah, I check those boxes. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's, you, you mentioned that it's like, it's got to start with a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the thing is that, and I think that that a lot of those processes that are kind of divorced from results of what we're talking about, I think that they're in, you know, dude, I'm probably guilty of this where it's like certain people like to have things done a certain way, you know, and I'm, I can be that way a little bit myself. And so it never I think happens that, to me, dude, never. <laughs> The uh, you're just just too zen for that, I guess. But yeah, the, no, that's not true it, at all. My team is <laughs> like going to see this and be like, uh-huh. yeah. So, it, but but I think that that's like there's a difference between something being not done exactly the way that I want it to be, and it actually being a problem. Like, are we getting the mm. result that we want? If something's not being done exactly 100 percent the way that I want it done, but we're getting you know, but we are achieving the effect that we are setting out to do, then it's not a problem. So don't create a process to try to address it because obviously what you're doing is is working well. Yeah, I mean, for me, the there was it it was that particular example started out as a way to get me out of the process. Like I just want to know that you're thinking about these things, mm-hmm. and then that empowers the person to argue their point if they disagree. Yeah, because what we were finding was they were arguing valid points, or or either of us were. It's like we're both right. But that isn't what fits here. And it gives you, it, it lets you take things out and now you can point toward the data versus I just don't like that word. Yeah. It just, it, it kind of gets you on the same page, you know, where you're talking about the same thing, you know, it just gives you that clarity that you need to, you know, have effective conversations about what you're trying to accomplish. And I think for, for CEOs in particular, when we, we understand so much about the business and we have visibility into every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So there are things we know that people don't, but at the same time, we're human and it's tempting sometimes to think we just get it. And we're just going to find someone else who just gets it. And for me, that's become my test. Like, is this reasonable expectation? Can I write it out? And if I can write it out, and it's not that it all has to come from the CEO, but the idea is a lot of times the person writing the process is that subject matter expert and you're trying to just pull the right information out of them. But the reason they can't give it to you is they're thinking about a thousand things that go along with it. And that's where it gets useful to have help. Uh, just walking you through, just walking you through. Okay. Well, what are the key points? What's the right level of detail? And those things to, to kind of bring it back home. The, the question you asked was like, how do you, I think it's, you know, what am I really trying to accomplish and how do I make sure that's, that can be put into a checklist? And now if I need to build something more complicated than that or complex than that, we, then we can layer it on. It's interesting because, you know, when I first started, you know, when I, when we first started this conversation, you know, I was kind of thinking that like, all right, so, you know, like, what is the first thing that you should do? Like if you, if you feel like, you know, your team or your business or just your personal life is like, just totally crazy and you feel like you need these processes, like what's the first thing you should do? And I was kind of angling it towards like, well, you know, what are the practical steps for creating a good process? But now that I'm hearing you talk, it's like the first thing you need to do is you need to get really clear on what it is that you are trying to accomplish. That's it. And I think it's the same, but I think it's the same place and the same question. Like what, what are we going for and why is it important? And, and 
just because you don't have an answer on the tip of your tongue doesn't mean you're wrong. Sometimes our, um, we're, we're getting that intuition because it's informed. But unwinding it, like with three to five whys, well, why do I care? Why do I care? Why do I care? Okay, well, if I know why I care, now I can try to find a way to automate it. And in the software world is great with this. I mean, it's a great place to learn these skills because good software, you're continually doing that. It's like you're, you're building different shaped Lego bricks. Um, and uh, it's easy to over-engineer, so you need something to bring you back to center. Where are we really today? Um, you know, you don't need to build to withstand hurricanes in Dallas. You just don't. But in Galveston, Pretty you need to. Yeah. So if sure. you're listening to this and you don't know, I'm from Galveston. It's on mm -hmm. the Texas coast. We have hurricanes. Dallas is a little farther north. A little farther north. You know, tornadoes and an occasional freezing spell, but, you know, nothing, uh, not, not, not typically storm surges, you know, off of the mighty yes. Trinity River. So, okay. Well, I like it. I think that we, I think that this is a, I think that that, that is the big takeaway is that if you feel like, I'm going to just test this out. You tell me if this is valid, Scott. I think that if you feel like your business is in chaos and you feel this need for like, we need more process, we need more process. I think the first place that you should look is, is everyone really, really clear on what you are trying to accomplish and why? Yeah. I mean, that is absolutely true, I think. Cause, and, and that's why, you know, that's why we're result maps. Cause just throwing a bunch of map like that, the functional approach is, well, we'll just go grab some maps. And that's what I was trying to allude to with the agile. But the idea is what's the result you're after? Yeah, dude. Okay. So mind blowing thing right here is like, dude, you know, Scott's company, it's called result maps, not process maps. Like where, you know, the only reason to have a process is to achieve a very specific result. And I think that it, you know, at least speaking for me, maybe some of the problems that we have where like, hey man, our processes are just not clear enough and I really want more clarity. It's because we have not really, it's hard to have a conversation about what the process should be if it's not clear on what we're trying to achieve and why. And so, yeah. And it gets, know, it like, gets really like a lot easy of, too. Yeah. Like a lot of other problems, you know, clarity of vision makes the rest of the subsequent steps a lot easier. Yeah. Visibility. Um, the, even if, even when it's just like, well, get everything out that you're doing, you know, and I do, I want to throw this in. I don't know how we're doing on time, but I mean, if you're in the worst case, if you just can't figure out process, just dump it all out of your head and look at it and organize it. You know what I mean? Just get it all out there where you can start to see it. Then you can describe it and get to the, why are we doing that anyway? Yeah. Well, and we'll we'll wrap it up and if this is this is another situation that if you're struggling with process you know result maps uh scott's company they have a very very cool tool that it it is a system that provides you so many more touch points and much more visibility on what your team is working on what they are prioritizing at an individual level being able to identify misalignments between what people are doing that you know within you know one section of the business versus others and it'll help you identify some of these places where it's like hey look maybe in these areas you know we're not as clear as we want to be about what we are trying to achieve and so it's really encourage you to uh take a look at at result maps and check it out and just 
even if it's something that is not a good fit for you and your company, I think that checking it out and seeing what it does and what they, the effects that they, that that software tool brings to you, it'll get your mind thinking. It'll mean, it'll get your mind turning about, you know, ways that you can improve that visibility within your company of what it is that you're trying to accomplish and, you know, and, and put your focus in the right place, which is the results that you're trying to achieve. So. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Well, yeah, dude, don't, don't, don't be like me and get all hung up on process and thinking about process. It's like, dude, start with results first. That's probably a better place. To, well, you need the process, the right? I mean, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll tie it back to the very first introduction. The reason I got black belts and played music was because I learned processes from fantastic teachers. They're all very process driven. They're all very, discipline is just process. And those processes are what allow you to do all these different things, which is what a company, if you look at all the things going on in a company, you have all these different things. And some days people may have to play out of position if they have the process, they're able to do it. So don't leave it, but yeah, result focus is always good. For sure. For sure. Well, really appreciate it, Scott. Thank you so much for sharing with us and providing your insight and wisdom. Uh, those of you that are listening, Really appreciate you joining us. I hope that you got some big takeaways. I know that I walked away with a much better understanding of maybe where some more of the fundamental issues are uh, at my own company with as it relates to process. So um, if you found this helpful or if you didn't, we would really appreciate your feedback. Uh, we would really appreciate you rating the podcast. If you have ideas about other topics that you would like to get into, please, please, please uh, leave us your feedback. Contact us. You can find us on social media. and. Uh, like us, subscribe uh, so that you can always get the most recent episode. And so once again, thank you so much for listening, Scott. My pleasure. Thanks for giving us something good to listen to, man. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Hey there, Travis Richards, one last time. Thank you so much for investing your time and tuning into the show. I really hope that this was helpful to you and I would appreciate your feedback very much. If you have some notes on what specifically from this episode was useful or if you have ideas on what we can do better in the future. If you would like to support the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people find us and also just recommend us to a friend. To get in touch, visit us at www.getbetteratbusiness.com. That's all for this episode, and I hope that you'll join us again next time. Thanks.